a special Two Roads Brewing Showcase episode of... Brutal Battle. Yep, it's the brewery showcase once again. Um, and this one I'm pretty excited about for a different reason than I've been excited for showcase episodes before. And that's that I've had nothing from this brewery ever. And you Me haven't either. either. Nothing, yeah. nada. So this the, the whole idea for doing two roads came up because they just showed up in our market for distribution. And I... I was like, I don't know who these people are, so I'm interested. Let's just let's just for once do a brewery showcase on someone we have pretty much no idea about. So when I started looking into them, though, I realized that in a sense we've had beer by them, but I'll get into that later. But not their brand of beers, contract brewing, basically. Uh, so yeah, so we've had some okay. stuff that they've contract brewed before, but have never had any of their beers that they make themselves, their own recipes, all that jazz. So, um, very, very interested for that. It was actually between Two Roads or another company that just showed up in in uh, Maryland, Two Brothers, and they're out of Chicago. Um, two Roads, they're out of Connecticut. Yeah. Um, Stratford. Yes, yeah, Stratford, Connecticut. So, once again, we have beers to taste while I give you information. There's not a crazy amount of information, but there's an okay amount. Um, usually, we only have four beers for this. We have five this time, just be- just mm. because I went through, we were at Wine World, I bought four of the beers, and then after we already checked out, Josh Rodriguez was like, wait a minute, did you get the- this beer? And I was like, I didn't even see that. And he's like, let me check in the in the cooler and see if we have it cold. So he brought it up. He's like, you've got to do this beer if you're doing the showcase. And I was like, fine. So I just bought that in addition. So I was like, ah, whatever. We'll just do five instead of four this time. And then so, I said, why didn't you just take one back? And I was just like, I don't know. It's more hassle to do that. No, plus, we were right there. Plus, what's the harm? Yeah, what's we're the harm? We're just trying one extra beer. That's fun. That's awesome. Uh, okay. And I will say three of the beers that we have are year-round for them. And two of them are seasonal. We don't have any of their limited release ones. I think we may have had one of their limited release beers show up in our market, but it was very recent, um, like within the past week or so. So we had already purchased these beers, so I didn't go out to get that. I didn't want to add a sixth beer. Yes, thank um, you. So, But also, we're not going to get a whole lot of their limited releases, I'm assuming, yet, since they're so new to the market. I think they put more of their core stuff in here yeah. for a while, and then we might start seeing some more of that other stuff. Well, I'm so, guessing which ones are their core ones just based on their labels. That's a right? good... Yeah, no, that that's actually a really good point. I didn't even look at that or think of that. But you're right. Yes, you can guess that based off what we're looking at. So let's let's just get into it. Since we have five, I mean, we need to start drinking already. Okay. So let's do our first one. This one is called Olfactory. O-L with a apostrophe. Um, and it is a Pilsner. Pills. I didn't really dig in, like, the, just Pilsner's lagers, like, just basic. Also, after we're done recording, I'm going to clean the shower and do some other cleaning around the house, and I think it'll be perfect, because I can drink while I do it. I agree with that. So, the ABV oh. is 5%, and it does say it's a dry-hopped Pilsner, so there mm. should probably be more hop perception than you're it used is. to in just, like, a straight-up Pils. Oh, color. Very clear. Yeah. Um, straw color. Yeah. Um... A little it bit of a head. It feels like a skunky 
Ooh, yeah, that smells skunky. Skunk butt. That smells real skunky. Skunk What's butthole. The date on this. No, I mean it's 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 relatively fresh. I mean, we're recording on June 29th. July. I'm yes, on July 29th, and this was packaged on June 6th. So I mean, once you get past this, I mean, you can work past the skunk butt. Yeah, it smells. Yeah, it smells very very skunky. Uh, past that, I smell honey. I was just gonna say honey. A little straw, like yeah. hay. Hay notes in there. That's all I'm getting. I'm not getting... I can't get the dry hop. No, I was just going to say, I'm not getting... It's really just honey straw. I definitely get that Pilsner yeast aspect in there. <laughs> I mean... Pilsner malts. After a couple sniffs, I feel like I can... The skunk's calming yeah. down a little bit because you're getting a little more used to it. Yeah, that's true. doesn't taste skunky. Mmm. I taste a tad, a very, very slight bit on the end, but it's not really a big deal. Really? Honey. Like, I feel mm -hmm. like it's like you bite into a honeycomb. Yeah, there's a lot of honey. But there is also a lot of that straw with it, too. Yeah. I think that, minus that skunk aspect, the flavor is very similar to the smell. There's a decent bitterness on the end. It's almost a smidge too sweet for me. Like it the, is sweet. It's... It is sweet. Um, like the first, you know, when it first hits your tongue, it's like really sweet. Yeah, it's sweet. Hmm. Yeah, pretty sweet there. Um, it's not, it's decent. Yeah, yeah. I'm not huge on this. I There are plenty of other, um, there are plenty of other Pilsners I can mm -hmm. point to and say I'd actually much rather just drink that, like, off the top of my head, like a Prima Pils oh, yeah. by, by Victory or something like that, but... Um, this is a, a solid option. Mm -hmm. Um, just the nose is very Well, the nose is off-putting. Uh, yeah, it's just kind of an odd beer. Yeah, that's... Alright, so I'll talk a little bit and then we'll do another beer. Um, Ritz glasses in between. So, Two Roads, like I said, out of Stratford, Connecticut. Right now, they're a 100-barrel brew house and they're in a 100,000-square-foot building. Uh, one of the cool things about them is when they initially opened, which is in 2012, uh, they opened a 40,000 uh, barrel brew house because they were planning ahead for distribution and growth. Um, so instead of coming in and starting something very, very small, they decided to go significantly bigger because they wanted to make sure that when they had any sort of time that they needed to grow, they weren't severely mired Rushing. down. And, right, well, you know, you, you lose time with... Um, you know, getting beers out if you're, you know, taking time to have stuff built and it just, it's mucks things up and slows things down. And as they had said in an article I read, they wanted to kind of go around those quote growing pains. They didn't mm. want to experience those the way a lot of breweries do. So they planned ahead for that. And for that reason, they've actually, um, were one of the largest, uh, brewing startups in, American history. Really? Yes, because of the size of, in which they yeah. opened. So, which it shows ambition, but it also yeah. makes me like wonder: Did these people just have like a lot of money, and did they have investors? Was yeah. this like their just the money from their founders, or because I could see it being kind of like a hard sell if you're like going to investors and being oh, yeah. like, "Look, we're a totally new brewery, and we want to open this much larger brewing, brewing facility than we need." 
and them being like, yeah, here's our money. Yeah. You know, that's a hard sell, I think. Hmm. That's interesting. So, but they did. And, um, I think that's why. I guess why. it paid off. Yeah. And, and, well, I mean, they're, they're now distributing all the way down to Maryland. I don't know how much further they go at the moment. Um, but yeah. So one of the things that they're planning on doing, because they're still in the process of adding uh, a few things to their facility, uh, they're working on their own separate sour and barrel aging facility. Um, so uh, they have a few sour and barrel aged beers already, but they mm. kind of want their own space for that. And so they're going to have enough space when they, when it's all said and done for 1,500 oak barrels, and they're going to have a cool ship. Which, okay, so cool ship... For anyone who doesn't know, it's just like a gigantic open top stainless steel vat mm. that just kind of sits there to cool the wort fast and also allows the wild yeast to get yeah, in and okay. start doing its thing. Um, one of the breweries that a lot of people have seen photos of the cool ship is Allagash. Allagash has a cool ship that is pretty well known. So hmm. I don't know why that is. I think maybe it's just because people just there's more photos out there. All right, so let's move to the next beer. Uh, if you couldn't have uh, guessed, the Old Factory Pills was actually one of their year-round beers. Now, the next one is one of their seasonal releases, and this one is called Road Jam. And this is, if you haven't figured out yet, all of their, almost all of their um, beer names are going to have to do with roads and uh... vehicles and stuff like that, because it's two roads. So, Road Jam is an ale brewed with raspberry and lemongrass. And the ABV, 5%, once again. So, let's tear into this one. Let's see what we got. Oh. Oh, it's pretty. We can see the raspberry yeah. in it immediately. That's all I want. A, a beer with, like, berry in it to look. To look like it has berries oh, yeah. in it. Yeah, it's very... Red-ish? It's like, um... Pinkish red? Pink straw... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it looks like it has raspberry juice in it, basically. And there's a little Mm. bit of, like, some large bubbles sitting on the top. Oh, my gosh. It smells like raspberries. Mm -hmm. Oh, there's a really nice, juicy, fruity raspberry smell. I can pick out the slightest bit of that lemongrass... But I don't think it's doing a ton on the nose. I'm not. I'm just getting berry. I'm not. I can get the lemongrass. It's kind of like the the juice, like the meat of each sniff is obviously raspberry, like nice juicy raspberry. But then like around the edges of each sniff are is that um, lemongrass. Give it a shot. Ooh. Oh. This has a nice, like, sweet, yet a yeah. little tart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With a lot of berry. Mm. Mm. It's good. If you like raspberries, that's good. It's not crazy juicy on the raspberries, no. but it is nice. Like, it's definite, like, you know this is raspberry. It's very delicate. It's very light. It's fruity. Like you said, there's just, like, that slightest bit of tartness on the end. But for the most part, it's sweet, but it's not too sweet. Right. I was just going to say, it's not... You get the sweetness from the berry, but it's not overpowering, especially compared to the old factory, which I thought was too sweet. This is sweet in a palatable, drinkable way. And on the very end of 
Well, actually throughout, but just like on the on the edges, on the fringe of each sip, I get that little bit of lemongrass, which mm-hmm. I think is helping to keep that sweetness Probably, under yeah. check, well, in check or under control. Um, so yeah, because at first I was like, well, what, when I read that, I was like, why wouldn't you just do straight up raspberry? I don't understand why you think you need this lemongrass. But yeah, I really think the lemongrass in there is reining in the sweetness and keeping it from being too much. This is good. I like this. This is nice. Mm-hmm. Pungent berry aroma accented with a kiss of lemongrass. I feel like it's exactly what you described. No, that's definitely true. It's made with real blackberries and red raspberries. Oh, so there, it says there's raspberries, but it doesn't say anything about blackberries. That's kind of odd. Say black, black raspberries. Oh, black raspberries. Oh, so it is just all yeah, raspberries. raspberries. Okay. Yeah. I'm getting a little bit more of that. It looks really nice. It tastes yeah. really nice. That's a nice beer. Smells really yeah. nice. All around nice. And also, like, I feel like... One more thing. I know you're yeah, right. Yeah, no, um, go ahead. I feel like with a lot of fruit beer, sometimes it just is, like, artificial. And you're like, yes. is this artificial or not? But, right. like, you don't get that at all with this. It's just... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. So, anyway, moving on. Yeah. I poured myself a little bit more. It's It's nice. Yeah. But no, this is definitely one where you can tell it's not artificial. And a lot of the times that artificial flavor is just not good. It's such a turnoff. Um, although I did say recently when we were on a trip, and we'll talk about that trip at some point, um, that I, I kind of do like artificial blueberry for yeah. some reason. It, it actually comes off well in beers for me. Uh, but typically artificial flavors don't. So that's just my one exception. Mm, I like this a lot. So continue to sip that. I'll talk a little bit more about Two Roads. Uh, I just want to tell you mainly about the um, the guys who started it. Uh, and actually, since I don't have like a ton to go over, I'll just do the first two people. There are four founders. Mm. Yeah, usually it's just like one or two people. Yeah. So this was the first one that I've come across for the showcase where it's more than two. So four founders for this, uh, their names are, and their friends, their names are Brad Hiddle, uh, Phil Markowski, um, Clem- Clement Polani, who he goes by Clem, and Peter Daring, or Doring. I don't know how it's said specifically. So uh, Brad actually was previously chief marketing officer at Pabst, Pabst Brewing Company. Oh, really? You know, Pabst Blue Ribbon, PBR, until 2010. And prior to that, he actually worked on marketing for the Rolling Rock beer. So, was working with terrible beer, now going to work with good beer. Well, hopefully. I mean, we have one good beer. We don't know. We'll find out. Uh, then, And that was that was the little bit I had about Brad Hiddle's background. Phil Markowski is where a lot of the beer pedigree comes in. Okay. So, he had uh, a lot of experience in homebrewing, and he actually won a bunch of homebrewing competitions back in the 1980s. Wow. Uh, he had brewed for quite some time at Southampton Public Brew or a uh, public house, and a few other breweries. Uh, and during that time, he actually won a bunch of medals from the Great American Beer Festival and the Wor- World Beer Cup, as well as some international competitions for brewing. So obviously, he was very accomplished. Um, he he also wrote the book on farmhouse ales. Uh, literally, he wrote the book on farmhouse ales. Oh, really. In 2004, he released a book, Farmhouse Ales, Culture and Craftsmanship in the Belgian Tradition. Hmm. So, 
that's one of the funny things I think is like you're like this guy wrote the book on farmhouse sales and like no he actually wrote, wrote the, the book. book on farmhouse sales. So this guy has a lot of you know he he's got a lot on his resume yeah. that looks really good for for doing a brewery that's for sure. Um, and also the other little nice tidbit about him he was awarded the Institute for Brewing Studies Russell Scherer Award for Innovation and in Craft Brewing. And that was at the 2003 Craft Brewers Conference. Ooh. So this guy's super accomplished, Phil Markowski. Um, so, I mean, that sounds like a made up, It sounds like a made-up name, it? does sound it? like a made-up name. No, it totally does. Yeah. No, it does. <laughs> um, and I did want to say real quick. I mean, no offense to the name, but just like, I don't know. It just sounds like a, I don't know, yeah. a character in a funny movie. Yeah. Well, I'll get to, eh. All right, we'll, we'll we'll go to the next beer after that. Oh my gosh! Okay, damn. Like I said, I don't have like a crap ton. And we got five beers. Of info. Yeah, and we got five beers. That's all. Yeah. Well, that road jam, I'm definitely that road jam is nice. Yeah, yeah that's de- that's a definite. Um, the next one is called Honey Spot Road, and it's an unfiltered IPA with wheat added to it. Hmm, okay, that sounds promising. And it's six percent. Okay. So the last two were five. We're moving up to six here. I'm checking in the untapped while we're recording, which I know you keep giving me dirty looks for. <laughs> oh, but I didn't I, know. I didn't know why you were on your phone. I'm like, what I never remember to check in. Okay, well that's one way to do it. So. All right. So the Honey Spot IPA. What's it looking like? like it's like straw, but cl- a little but cloudy. Yeah. It looks yeah. very similar to the old factory. Yeah, it does. But a little cloudy. Yeah, a little hazy. Oh, yeah, the old factory was very. Mm, it's got a bit of a nice white head on yeah. just sitting on top too. Ooh. Oh, doesn't that sound good? What is that? I don't know. There, there's a sweetness in there, like almost a tad bit sugary. It's like a candied lemon. There's, there's some, some very light pineapple. Yeah, I feel like, and some grapefruit mixed in there. Yeah, definitely citrusy. A little sweetness. Yeah, mm, maybe I a little like tangerine it. in there too. I'm definitely I'm getting the wheat characteristics as well. Yes. Yeah, it smells a little wheat. Mm, I like the smells really good. Yeah, it smells really nice. It smells light too. It's mm-hmm. not like it doesn't smell like it's real bitter. It doesn't smell like it's super aggressive. Hmm. I'm getting a lot of grapefruit on the taste. Yeah. No, there um, definitely is a lot of grapefruit. It's such a light, delicate beer though. Yeah. It's very light. Um the grapefruit I'm getting is mainly like grapefruit peel. Yeah, it's... Um, not like the actual flesh of the grapefruit, but grapefruit peel. Um, I get a, a quick hit of the pineapple I said I was getting yeah. and maybe a little bit of that tangerine. I'm pretty sure this beer... Well, I think this would be a great shower beer, bath beer. Yeah. And also is going to do well with a cleaning the shower beer. Oh, well, cleaning the shower <laughs> beer. There you go. You can definitely taste the wheat in it, too. I, I feel like the wheat... Yeah. Kind of. Kind of mellows out a lot of the. Bitterness. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I like this a lot. Yeah. Mellows out bitterness and you can taste the wheat. That's good. Yeah. It's a little sugary though. Like there's a tad bit it's, of like a a more present sugariness yeah, than Yeah, it's I funny. All three of like. these beers are on the sweetener side for mm-hmm. sure. No, that's true. Before we start recording, I told Carlin, I'm like, I'm going to be really selective with which beers I'm going to finish drinking because I'm like really on a wine kick. Mm. And I'm I'm going to want to definitely finish the road jam and this honey spot road. Well, good. I'm glad to hear it. 
Mm. They're just, I mean, easy, easy to drink. Yeah. I mean, nothing like super spectacular, but well done. Yeah, it's good. Mm. Okay, so we're going to round out talking about the, the founders. So the next guy we have is uh, Clem. Uh, he What's Clem's last name? Uh, Polani. These are all like yeah. big names. So he did marketing for Labatt USA as well as for Rolling Rock Okay. back in the day. Uh, he worked uh, marketing and sales at New England Brewing Company. And he was also marketing director, uh, marketing director for E and J Gallo Winery, and was also a consultant for Pabst. Oh, that's funny. Is that how they met? That's possible. I don't know. It they didn't know. say, but I'm assuming that that's there's something there. So that was Clem. Then we're moving on to the final guy, Peter. Peter Daring or Daring. Um, Peter was actually a chief financial officer and project financial manager. Um, for a large regional shipyard in Connecticut previously. Hmm. And he actually coordinated the construction of the largest ever American-built motor yacht. And it was a 280-foot motor yacht. Nice. The largest American-built yacht. So, obviously, this guy has no... nothing to do with With beer beer previously. I'm guessing he's the... The money money guy. Well, I don't know. Maybe he was someone bringing some of the money in. Maybe he had some of the money connections. Or maybe Right, and maybe that as well. Well, I'm assuming the managing of the money because he was chief financial officer for that shipyard before. So I guarantee that's a lot of what they wanted from him. But I don't know if he had much experience with any beer prior. So I don't know. Well, you know, it's interesting because... Typically, when you hear about people opening a brewery, it's like they just have the beer background or just have the financial background or they Mm -hmm. just want to open a business about. But it seems like they had like all the key players to make a successful business. They're trying to hit everything. They have the brewer. They have the marketing guys with beer connections. And they have the guy who knows finances and potentially has connections to, Mm -hmm. you know, people who would be willing to invest. And clearly we're just making up a story, but. Well, also, another thing to <laughs> point out... That's probably what happened. Another thing to point out about the aspect of him coordinating construction is that that can come in handy with coordinating construction of the brewery itself. Yeah. I guarantee there were some of the things he could apply yeah. with the, the brewery being built. So, um, And then <clears throat> I just wanted to throw out... So before I had talked about um, you know the size of their brew house when they opened and they made it a lot bigger... So that kind of allowed them when they opened up to take on contract brewing oh, okay. because they had right. all this extra space. Right, right, they right. didn't need to you know, keep pumping out because they didn't have a name anyway. So their whole philosophy is basically this, and this is their quote, road less traveled beer wise is what they like to do, which I understand that beer philosophy. But at the same time, like I feel like that's kind of every brewery now is trying to do that. But you also need to remember these guys opened in 2012. So it was five years ago now. And so it was a little less common then. So you'd look at them now and say, oh, road less traveled. Well, that's everybody. Mm-hmm. But you look at them back in 2012 and it it's may have been like, oh, they're going to you know, yeah. do all this other stuff that other people aren't doing. So. Um, so that's their kind of idea. And, and to them, that means just like, taking a traditional style, like classic styles of beer, and then just putting a 
some sort of twist on it, which has become what's really popular nowadays. Mm -hmm. Um, So when they were contract brewing, though, they contract brewed for some big players. And this is how... um, this is how you know they can execute beer properly, I think. And that's, they were doing it for Lawson's Finest Liquids. Oh. They were doing it for Evil Twin. Oh. And they were doing it for Stillwater Artisanal Ales. Oh. All very highly respected brewers. Yeah. So if they were handling it and they were doing a good job, which obviously they were, yeah. And I know for a fact that we've had some beers from Evil Twin and from Stillwater that came from Two Roads. So, hmm. and they were good. I don't think I've had anything bad from them. So, yep. So let's do another beer. And then, as I flip the page, we're going to talk about their, what beers they have available. Okay. So it'll be broken down the year-round seasonal and limited. So, oh, so obviously the that honey spot that we tried was one of their year-round and the next one is also one of their year-round, and this is their double IPA. It's called Road to Ruin, and it is 8%. So we'll give this a go. Did I rinse my glass? Yes. Okay. You did. Does it smell like it's rinsed? I don't know. I That's how you tell. could do it. I smelled it, and I was like, uh. This is pouring like a double. Light, yeah. clear, yellow-orange-ish. Yeah. Decent orangey, yep, super clear. A little bit of a nice white head on top. And this is the one that Josh Rodriguez was like, you have to get this one. This is his favorite, he said, of all the two roads. Oh, okay. It's really syrupy. Yeah, it does smell very syrupy. Actually, I smell a lot of the same sweetness that I was smelling on the Honey Spot IPA. But this is more of like deep, rich um, citrus. Yeah, I don't... This is not my favorite beer smell by any means. Well, there's there's a little bit of a pininess in there. Oh. There's some mango there's, to it. I think more than a little pininess. Yeah. <laughs> there's an okay amount of pininess. There's a moderate amount of pininess. But there's that mango to it. There's some like dehydrated yeah. orange type smell the in there. The mango in itself, I think, has a lot of piney characteristics as a yes, fruit. I agree. It smells like this so. is going to have more bitterness going yeah. on. Yeah, I'm kind of scared to drink this. No, it smells good to me. I think the syrupy note, like, it, it is a good signal for me. For me, it's not. and it's re- For me, it's just, it's too bitter and syrupy. So, it's more of a um, traditional style, like, West Coast-ish IPA. Um, not in the, the level of pininess that it has, because it does have a moderate, like you were mm-hmm. saying on the nose, moderate pininess to it. But in the sense that it is like a decent amount of bitterness from hopping. Yeah. You have to be okay with that. And I think one of the things that's important to point out right now, and it's probably something we should have talked about in the podcast already by now, is a lot of breweries are trying to walk back bitterness. When large amounts of hopping used to be, I mean, that's what happened. You would get a decent amount of bitterness, and that's what became popular with the West Coast style IPAs. You had a lot of bitterness with it because you had a lot of hopping. Well, then they've been getting into things like, oh, well, let's just use like hop oil. Let's just use like hop dust and that is now a thing. And that will impart the nice like floral flavors, the citrusy flavors, the piney flavors, whatever, without much of that bitterness. And I think a lot of breweries are starting to go more towards that because it becomes a more 
accessible IPA for, for a lot of people. And it's just more juice-like than it is anything. So I think that's important to remember when you drink a beer kind of like this. This is hearkening back to the roots of what a real IPA was. Like, it had a lot more bitterness yeah. to it. Mm. That said, I like this. This is a nice beer. Uh, is it is it more syrupy? Yeah, it's got an okay amount of syrupiness to it. And there's almost a tad bit of, like, a medicinal quality on the, the very finish for that reason. Because it is, like, syrupy and it comes off a bit more high ABV. But I like it. The pininess is nice. Like, there's a nice, rich citrus to it. A little sweet. I always think it's funny to kind of, like, compare what I think of a beer to, you know, untapped or whatever. Um, so far, this is the h- highest rated beer on untapped that we've had. Of of the two roads stuff? Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's the highest overall, but just as I'm checking in, this you know, has been the highest. I gotta be honest, this beer, the the bitterness and, and the mouthfeel and how the flavors are constructed reminds me a lot of a stone beer. I can totally see that. Yeah, it, it reminds me a lot of like a stone-made Imperial, Imperial IPA or however you want to say, double IPA. Um, and actually, we just had some stone like a few weeks ago, so pretty fresh in my mind. Yeah, this is a lot like Stone. Um, and obviously Stone does a good job. So. It's funny because I'm not a huge Stone fan. I mean, I drink their stuff and I'm like, yeah, it's like good, it. it's good. You know, some things I like more than others. Um, this Rome to Ruin is good. And th- and that's, I guess, where, where it starts. You have to figure out if this beer is for you or not. If you're fine with a decent amount of bitterness, you're going to like this beer. Because if you can get past it, it's well oh, yeah. put together. It's tasty. Um, I like it. I mean, I don't... I can appreciate the certain qualities of it. It's just not my... I don't like bitterness at all in my mm-hmm. beer. But okay. And then... I won't be drinking more of that. Okay. So so you're going to do the honey spot. You're going to do the road jam. You're not going to do the old factory or the road to ruin no. at the moment. Okay. <laughs> Carlin's like, are you going to drink wine tonight? I'm like, well, it's going to depend <laughs> on how much beer I have. Yeah, we'll see. Plus, we're recording like late afternoon instead of early to late evening so there's we have plenty more. of there's hours. plenty of time to drink beer wine whatever you want I know. so we have one more beer left and it's, it's, we'll ros- it's rosé season it's okay when we're recording it's rosé season yeah it is supposedly i don't know what that means though i don't like, know what rosé season is like summer oh okay gotcha well it's also season for seasonal beers like road jam true and i'm gonna be drinking that one and, too. The, la- and the last beer the that last we're gonna beer. drink Okay, but first, I'm just going to go over what beers they offer at the moment. Um, so year-round beers, obviously the olfactory pills that we that we had, the Honey Spot IPA that we had, and the Road to Ruin IPA, uh, double IPA. In addition to that, they have one called Lil Heaven Session IPA, uh, Workers Comp Farmhouse Ale, hmm. No Limits Hefeweizen, and Espressway Cold Brew Coffee Stout. Oh, I know. That sounds good. When I was writing these down and I wrote down that Cold Brew Coffee Stout, I was like, I'm going to read this and Rebecca's going to be like, oh, I wish we could have <laughs> had that one. Now, it's okay. I agree. I wish we could have had that one. It wasn't available. But I also wish we could have had the Workers Comp Farmhouse Ale. Yeah, yeah. Since Phil Markowski wrote, wrote the, the book. book. <laughs> yeah. Right? That would have been perfect. Yeah, but it would have been interesting to kind of see like. Not available for us. Yeah, well, so, something to think about. at the moment. Um, then we have their seasonal beers. Obviously, we had the Road Jam Raspberry Wheat with the Lemongrass. Then they also have Unorthodox Russian Imperial Stout, uh, Oktoberfest Meritzen, 
then they have their tanker truck series. One is a passion fruit goza. They have their Kentucky Lightning Sour Mash Bourbon Ale. Hmm. Uh, Holiday Ale, which is a beer to guard. Rosemary's Baby. Oh, I'm sorry. Rhodesmary's. Oh, Rhodes. Rhodesmary's Baby Rum Barrel Aged Pumpkin Ale. Ooh, I bet that's yeah, good. Yeah, that does sound really good. Root of All Evil Black Ale. Workers' Comp Barrel Aged Saison. These are sounding yeah. really good to me right now. Bergamonster Imperial Wheat, Bog Wild Cranberry Sour, Zero to Sixty Tart IPA. I've been loving me some Tart IPAs tart recently. IPA. That'd be great. And then the last one, I'm not going to read you because that's the one that we're going to be tasting. Then they have their limited release, which hopefully at some point we can get our hands on some of these limited releases. They have their Crazy Pucker Berliner Weiss, Henry's Farm Double Bock. 20-ton blonde barley wine, Igor's Dream Russian Imperial Stout, Hisner Bach, uh, Henry's Farm Barrel-Aged Doppelbach, uh, Via Cordis Abbey Blonde. Uh, then they have a series called Lambic Style Series, and they did a Goose. They did Lambic Style Series a Creek. Then they did Philsamic Flanders Style Red, Rosemary's other baby, straight up pump. <laughs> it's just a straight up pumpkin ale. That's funny. Uh, Rye ninety five triple, another lambic series. Uh, Hexotic. I don't even know what that one is. Urban funk wild ale. Root of all evil black IPA with hot peppers added. What? Yeah, Road to Ruin double huh. IPA wild Franco version, which is a Belgian wild IPA. Hmm. That sounds interesting. Yeah, there's some. Real interesting ones. Interesting styles, right? Rhodes Garden Saison with flowers added. Aquavit Barrel Aged Unorthodox, which the Unorthodox is a Russian Imperial Stout. Mm -hmm. And I, I assume a lot of people at this point would say, what is Aquavit? So Aquavit is actually a Scandinavian spirit that's usually uh, infused with spices and sometimes fruits. And a lot of the time, this, this is going to be interesting, a lot of the time... The key spices used are either caraway and or dill. Dill. <laughs> yeah, so it's like aquavit eh, could be interesting. Huh. Uh, then they have their two evil geyser goza, uh, another one of their lambic style series. They have a frambois noir. Uh, the one okay, here's the beer that there was there limited that did show up in our in our market, but I haven't actually seen it. I know it's here somewhere. Two Juicy Unfiltered Double IPA. Then they have Two Evil Pandama, uh, Padrama, Padramama Porter. Sorry, my writing got bad. Uh, Country Funk is another one. And their final one on this list, Brothers and Farms Double Grisette. Double Grisette. How many people are doing Grisettes? Yeah. Barely anyone. I saw that and I was just like, I just know of Manor Hill. And I actually had a Grisette by... New Belgium some time ago, and that was about it. Well, it's interesting because, you know, with their, you know, logo or whatever, slogan, the road less traveled, I thought none of these are, like, that different, you know? Mm -hmm. But then when you read, you know, reading through that list, I'm like, okay, yeah, I can see that now because they definitely have some, they do have some interesting takes. Yeah. 
So this okay. last, last beer we're doing is one of their seasonals, and it is part of their Tanker Truck series, which is their sour beers. And this is a Persian Lime Goza. So it's a Goza like, done with Persian, Persian Lime. Do you want to look that up real quick and see? Yeah, like what I mean, it? it's a lime. It's a certain variety, I assume. This is 4.5% alcohol by volume. So, oh no, I just trimmed my nails and it's in a 16-ounce can. All these other ones were in bottles. And this is a 16-ounce can. Persian Lime, here we go. Made it happen. Common names are Seedless Lime. Seedless Lime? Yeah. Hmm. It's a cross between a key lime and a lemon. Huh. As mo- most likely from a cross between. Interesting. Okay. It's it's a, good. it's a citrus fruit of hybrid hybrid origin. I just smelled it really quick. I'm sorry. All right, let's talk about the, the what it looks like. Uh, it looks like a goza. Yeah. It's very very light yellow. It a bit hazy. Oh uh, it's got a nice white, um, significantly sized head uh, on the top. So, all right, what do you smell? It is like so salty. It smells very salty, but it also smells like so much lime. Oh, yeah. So much lime. But I think it smells good. Yeah, it does smell good. I love the smell of lime. And the lime mm. mixed with that salt it's, smells really good. It smells like a limeade. Yeah. No, it definitely like, does. Yeah, it definitely smells like, like a limeade. And, and I'm not saying that just because I read that per, a Persian lime is a cross right. between key lime. But you definitely get that lemon. Mm. So I've heard that people really like this uh, from Josh Rodriguez, actually. Josh said he wasn't the biggest fan of this, but that's because he typically likes just more like straight up traditional style Gozas. But as we know, this is a road less traveled. They're going to do a twist on that. Uh, But he said a lot of people have responded very well to this particular beer. Well, and I spoke too soon because this is the highest beer on Untapped. That makes sense. Out of what we've had. So... Like it is with a lot of sour beers, your first sip or two, super, super crazy sour. And you're just like, oh my God, oh my God. Tons of lime, tons of like a, a that tart, very lemony kick to it. Um, you can definitely get the wheat, you get plenty of salt to it. Yeah. Mm. But as you get into, you know, your third, fourth type, uh, third or fourth uh, sip, I think, the sourness starts calming down a little bit. Actually, a decent amount. And I'm picking up on just, like, that nice lime flavor. Yeah, it's delicious. Like, okay, I don't know if this sounds a little weird, but separating the flavor of lime from the tartness of lime. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like I get a lot more of the flavor of lime coming through as I keep sipping it and not so much the tartness of lime. I could see that. And I really yeah. like that. Um... This is interesting. That beer's really good. Oh, it has a little bit more. Mm. Oh, there's more flavor text it's on it. It's a kettle, uh, kettle soured in our own tanker truck trailer. Kettle soured? A former milk truck tanker. It's parked right on the grounds of our brewery. We source okay. the freshest Persian lime juice through a local craft juicery. Huh. And blend it. And with an added twist, flaked rye. Oh, 
I don't think I taste that. Flaked rye? Yeah. No, I don't. I don't know. I don't know what that does to it, but it's a good beer. It might round out the edges a little bit. Um, yeah, so once you've gotten past those first few sips, it feels softer. You know, like it actually feels like a pretty soft goza. The The salt is, I guess, kind of like a moderate level. The lime is pretty strong, but in a good way. And it's like got that weedy goza aspect to it. I really like this. It is really good. It almost drinks like a soda. Like a lemon-lime, salty Sprite. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I can see it. You definitely can get like a lemon-lime kick from it. Um, As I keep sipping it, it tastes more and more delicate to Mm -hmm. me. Like a finessed beer. It's good. I like this. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Well, it's you know it's kind of funny though. As my, I hate to say this, it's a really really good beer. I'm not like feeling it though. Why? No, I just don't feel like I'm in the mood to drink that style tonight. But if you were in the mood for Goza, oh, it's it's very good. you would very yeah okay. Oh, yeah. Very it's it's a really really yeah. good beer. Yeah, I'm probably not going to drink as much of it when we're done recording. Yeah, I'm just, I don't know. I'm just not you know you just get into different moods. I'm just not in the mood for that style. I get you. But it's it's a really good beer though. So, I like, okay, well, actually, first, I'm going to say something, but I want you to give your overall thought. Um, This is your introduction to Two Roads Brewing. What do you think of Two Roads now, having known nothing about them? What's your impression? Well, I was kind of like, I don't know. I don't know anything about these. I have a feeling they could all be stinkers. But, so, I'm pleasantly surprised. You know, I think all of these are, have good characteristics for what the styles are. I think some are better than others just for my particular taste. Um, But I would be, and especially hearing their other beers that they have, I would be... You want to get your hands on them? Yeah, I definitely would be willing to try some. Mm -hmm. I can agree with that. Um, I'm going back and trying a few other ones. but So, overall... Like I said, we didn't know a thing about Two Roads Brewing coming into this, so I was excited to kind of learn who they are, taste what they, some of what they have to offer. And, you know, I think when you get a bit of the history, it helps with you wanting to like their stuff. But we typically will approach it from the standpoint of we're not going to let wanting to like something actually make us like something. So... Like, I'll be honest, like, I don't really feel the olfactory that much, that pills. No, like, I've been either. feeling pills yeah, me lately too. over the past, like, six months or so. And, like I said before, there are a lot more pills, uh, pilsners out there that I would reach for over that one. Uh, especially the, that skunk nose is really killing me on that beer. So, I don't really like that one so much. I may actually just dump it after this. Um, but all the, all the rest of it, I... Quite enjoyed. None of them would I would I say I was just like, oh my god, this is like one of the yeah. best beers I've ever had. But but it's really nice. With how many beers you Does that and happen? most other craft beer drinker, like it would take a lot. Yeah, right. you know what I mean. Like you have so many beers. Like I mean, I don't know. I don't know if that's good or bad. But you get to the point and you're like, uh, eh, uh, you know, like yeah, I agree. 
we were debating about buying like a coffee IPA when we were at Stone. Yes. And expensive as shit. I was like, it was like one of their specialty collab beers. It was $33. And I'm, I'm like, you know what? We've had coffee IPAs. We probably know what, kind of what it's going to taste like. Yeah. I don't feel the need to spend $33 when I can have something else that's probably, I don't know. That's yeah. just. When you can buy a lot of other beers for that same price. Like yeah. You take I mean, I'm sure it was a delicious beer. I love IPAs. I love coffee. I love coffee IPAs. But. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So. Oh, I, I did want to say one thing. One criticism I actually have. Other than not really feeling the olfactory all that much. I don't like their labeling. Yeah. I, you know what? And I, I kind of think that's why I was kind of like they're, turned off by these beers. Yeah. I'm like, they're... they're um, they look plain as shit. Who's the marketing guy? <laughs> uh, three... Uh, two of them. And that's what actually made me so like taken aback when I was actually researching this company. Is two of their dudes have marketing experience two of the founders and i'm like these labels are actually not good marketing at all um they need to update these labels honestly they don't look good um the beer the product is quite good and you know i hate to say that it matters because i don't want it to matter and a lot of times for me it does not matter but the labels do for your common consumer that's how i mean you go to into any liquor store and you're like you know, do I want this IPA or this IPA? People are seeing the beers before they're tasting them. Yeah. Is one of the big things. And, you know, a lot of the times it's it's a subconscious thing. that Especially if they don't know anything about the brewery in the first place. They just showed up. They're going to look at it and be like, well, that's a very uninteresting label. So, I don't know. For some reason, just like subconsciously, like, boring label equals boring beer. Yeah. And it's wrong. It's not a good thing. But I just think people just don't think about it. It just happens in their mind. So, you know, I don't know. It, it, it's interesting. Yeah. Okay. You going to rate them? <sighs> yeah. Mm, this is... Uh, okay. So, I was having a hard time on my rating. Between two, where to put two of these beers. Um, actually, I need to take a little sip of, of the honey spot real quick to figure out where this one goes. Okay, got it. So, did you want me to go first or you? Go ahead. Okay. So, obviously, I'm going to go backwards. My number five, the olfactory pills. Mm-hmm. Obviously, everyone could probably figure that one out. My number four, the honey spot IPA. Is my number four. Huh. Uh, okay, so the number three and number two was very hard for me. I was having a really tough time figuring this one out. But my number three is going to be the Road to Ruin double IPA. And then my number two is the Road Jam with, you know, the ale with raspberries and lemongrass. So between the Road Jam and the Road to Ruin double IPA... Those are almost tied for me. Okay. But I'm giving the slight edge to Road Jam because I think there's more complexity to it, a little more complexity, and I like what that touch of lemongrass has done to round things out. So that's why I gave it my number two slot. And my number one is the Tanker Truck Sour Series Persian Lime Goza. That is tasty AF. That is very nice. So it's kind of funny because I went through... And I'm like, okay, after drinking them, I know what order I want to put them in. But then I looked and see what I rated them on untapped. 
It is and, different. And it's actually going to be different. So on Untapped, um, I put the tanker truck as my top pick. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to rate it like that because I'm going to, and I'm going to do cut through kitchen style. And what beer do I want to have another sip of? Okay, that's which fine. is kind of what the you know that's what the chefs do when they're judging. They're like, they don't know, care what happened with with the food. They were like, which one do I just want to have another bite of? Okay, yeah, so which one true. do I want to drink again? And that's Road Jam for me. So I'm going to go Road Jam, Honey Spot Road, Tanker Truck, Road to Ruin, and then Old Factory. Oh, so you went one to five. Yeah. Road Jam number one. Yeah. It's it's very respectable. It's nice. Yeah. So you're, you put Road to Ruin as number four? Yeah. Okay. Got it. Okay. So that's all so, you, babe. Yeah. I will drink all that Road to Ruin. I do quite like it. Um, But you can't take all the Road Jam as you just poured yourself some more. You can't take all that Road Jam. I really like that. It's nice. I do what I want. The only one, I mean, we might... Well, let me just take another sip of this old old yeah. factory. We might get rid of it because it's just it didn't impress me too much. Still smells like skunk ass. I like it really does. It smells really bad. I mean, it doesn't taste bad, it's, but the yeah, smell is really so, off-putting. It's so much honey too. It's just hard, you yeah, know. Cause... So much honey in the flavor. Yeah, I don't think I can do that. And there's a a disproportionate amount of bitterness. Yeah, it's just like honey and bitter. I'm not big on that. Uh, yeah, I don't like that one, but okay. But overall, um, I am interested to have more two oh, road yeah, stuff for sure. for sure. Like we were talking about, I do think you know if if two anyone two roads hears this, I think you guys should update your labels. I really do. I hate to be to be saying it, but they're too bland. I mean, I mean, well, they all look the same. Bland. They're they all look the same. Yeah, the you got to diversify that. The year round beers is just. It looks like a beer label from, like, the 70s. Yeah. Yeah, they're designed. Two hands pointing in different directions, and then it's the exact same label, only different colors. Yeah, they got to do something different. Or otherwise, they're going to start having problems. Because this is, you know, especially when you go into a new market, that's going to matter to people. That's what's going to get people to try it. And then the actual experience with the beer will then kick in. Like I said, people see the beer before they taste the beer. But... You know, anyway. Um, nice work, though, Two Roads. Uh, it was fun learning about you guys, and uh, I would really like you to send some of your limited release stuff down our way. That would be awesome. Yeah. Um, I'm saying that from the aspect of shipping to Maryland in general so we can go get it in the store. But if you end up hearing this and you really wanted to send us some beers, we would certainly accept that. <laughs> and we would have them on the show, too, and just say, hey, thanks, Two Roads. But anyway, thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Thank you, Rebecca, for doing this with mm-hmm. me. I know you weren't too excited about it at first, but I feel like that turned around. Right? Yeah, it did. Okay, good. Nice. So everyone go out. Two Roads is legit, so try their stuff. Uh, we were not paid to say that. But anyway, until next time, take it easy and keep it real. This has been a Nerd Circle podcast production. 